Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that there's a tiny little armadillo who's living in my fridge? He eats all my edibles. Oh. And my Reese's. Really? Which one? Oh, is that Steve, right? Fucking Steve. Oh, <laughs> I knew yeah. it. Yeah. Of course. Fucking Steve. Every time I open the fridge, there's more gone. For more armadillo facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early and to check out our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. That wasn't right, was it? Sun's going down in Bontemps, Louisiana, and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Sookie Stackhouse series. I am Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters four and five of Living Dead in Dallas, the second book in the Sookie Stackhouse series. Last time. Previously, another body turns up in Bontemps. This time it's Lafayette, beloved cook at Merlot's, and he's found in the car of Andy Belfleur. Uh, what's the opposite of beloved? Whatever it is, that's what Andy is. Uh, anyway, before... (laughs) Behated. Yeah. Anyway, before Sookie can get into that mystery, Sookie is bitten by a Minad, because apparently Minads are a thing now, and uh, apparently they're poisonous. But luckily, question mark, Sookie is saved by a very questionable doctor with a very questionable, questionable medical procedure that involves a room full of vampires drinking from her. I'm sure that was the only way to save her. Uh... Or something. <laughs> anyway, all that murder in my dad's business is someone else's problem because Sookie's on her way to Dallas to use her psychic powers to help some vampires who may or may not be trying to kill her. It's complicated, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I have a feeling I know which way that direction's going to go, you know? I love that, that vampire doctor. Oh, you got a broken arm? You're going to need all these vampires to drink blood from you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I mean, it, is it coincidence that... The medical procedures all seem to involve the, the vampires getting to drink Suki's magic blood. I don't know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4. She lands in Dallas with Bill's coffin. Yeah, on Anubis Air. Anubis Air. Mm-hmm. That's I love, fun. I love that at the very beginning she comments on the heat and it's like, yeah, welcome to Texas, Suki. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I felt that, I found that very relatable. Yep. In fact, this should be the Southernism. It was as hot as the six shades of hell in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you've been to Texas, you know exactly what that means. Like, I didn't even catch that the first go-round as, like, a Southern expression, because I just assume anytime anybody describes Dallas, they have to first comment on how hot it is there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, like, part of a noun. Um, anyway, while she's there and everything's getting unloaded, she's approached by a man dressed like a priest, but he is very pushy. Yeah, I think he's trying to kidnap her, and I was like, oh, this is a Texas thing, right? Kidnapping priests? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they hang out at the airport. <laughs> trying to abduct people. <laughs> Fucking priests, man. All the time. You know the, the Catholics are getting desperate right now for conversions, so... It's send send your hate mail to <laughs> Micah at armadillo.club. That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, I liked how... As Sookie is being abducted, Bill wakes up, and all the flight at, or the vampire coffin attendants bow, and then Bill fixes his hair, and then he goes and rescues Sookie. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey, we've got priorities, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so thankfully, Bill rises in time, and the priest runs off. They arrive at the hotel, which is called the Silent Shore. It's yeah, a pretty good name, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a little, like... I think you want it to be really clear it's a vampire hotel, and I think the Silent Shore sounds more like a like a, a mortuary or a funeral home, right? It does. I I kept thinking like it must have gotten named by accident when someone called and says, "Is your establishment silent?" 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Silent Shore, got it. Wait, no, oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but there are no shores in Dallas. It's completely landlocked. Oh, that's true. Unless you say the shores oh. of like the Trinity River, whenever that, that, it's flowing. Well, that's why it's so silent there. Because <laughs> there aren't actually any. Yeah. Maybe this is a terrible name for for a vampire hotel in Dallas. Maybe it's a chain. Yeah. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 shore between life and death. It's a symbolism. Vampires uh, love symbolism. I don't get it. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Because, mm. like, you know, the other hotel, that we, Vampire Hotel, we know Blood in the Quarter. Like, that's pretty obvious what that's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, that says right on the box what you're going to find there. Right. Blood. Yeah. But if you're, order. like, randomly looking for a hotel to stay at, that could be real uncomfortable. What would be a better name for a, a Vampire Hotel in Dallas? Um, let's see. Blood and Spurs. That's not bad. Yeah. La Sangra. <laughs> La Sangra. That's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm trying to think. Death Western. <laughs> Death Western. <laughs> oh, good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the oh, Motel Eighty Six. Huh? Eh, eh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, it doesn't have. The, I don't know. Like, if you put Motel in the name, then I think, uh, vampires like upscale establishment. Blood right? Red Roof Inn. <laughs> Come on. Blood Red. I'm on fire. You can do this all night. Damn, Jeff, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, clearly you, you missed your calling naming vampire hotels. <laughs> I know, right? If only they were real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vampire marketing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Any hotel, but instead of suites, you say coffins. Mm, yeah. Embassy right. coffins. Homewood coffins. Spring, Spring Hill coffins by Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the bellhop at the hotel is also a telepath. I know. And I guess for all we know, this could be way more common than we think, right? Because, I mean, Sookie's barely left Bon Tom. Like... Maybe the Yahoo's there are the only ones who can't read minds in this series. Right. right? <laughs> like, Bontom is like, oh, that's the place where people can't read minds. <laughs> it's real embarrassing. I mean, that's true. She's probably only met a few hundred people in her life. Yeah, that's right. So, as soon as she leaves. So maybe the world's, like, lousy with telepaths. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's a whole telepath society that she, like, the vampire society that she's not a part of. Yeah, that's true. It, it makes sense, though, that she would find him at a, at a vampire hotel. Yeah. Since but they don't like reading people's minds all the time. It'd probably be one of the very few places you could feel like, you know, comfortable and relaxed. I mean, as comfortable and relaxed as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but uh, I do want to point out that Sookie does not pass up on the opportunity to put some burn on him for being less psychic than her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, well, you know, he's about where I was when I was like 9 or 10, I think. <laughs> so it's fine. No one is safe from the Sookie scan. Yeah. Not even the scary vampire. Not even the one guy who might be listening in on the I, I know I was like I, like I hope he can't read her mind and then and, and hear all this shit because like probably hurt his feelings it's like maybe the first psychic this guy's ever met what she's thinking she's thinking what a crappy psychic this guy <laughs> <laughs> oh man all the other psychics suck <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she also uh, she has a, a pass of, uh, a Sookie scan on the uh, vampire at the hotel front desk too, I believe. Oh yes, yeah. I, I I noted that one too. That was a good one. Yeah. What, what did she say to you? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> she had been dead a long time. She was white as paper and flat as a board, and her thin ankle length blue and gold dress didn't do a thing for her except accentuate both whiteness and flatness. Wow. <laughs> wow. Damn. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Yeah, Isabel Beaumont. I she like was there it. to meet them. Mm-hmm. She's fun. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. She does seem fun. We get a little history tour there. Uh, one of the things when they when they leave the hotel and they're going to the house that they're going to, um, they pass the grassy knoll. So that's cool. And I figured yeah. we should explain for non-Americans. It oh, might yeah. not be as familiar. Back in the '60s, that's where President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. 
By Bill Gates. By Bill Gates, right. What? Using Wait, what? Fi- yeah, with 5G. <laughs> um, what? So, uh, in point of fact, nothing actually happened on the grassy knoll. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's where the conspiracy theories say that uh, the secret other shooter that wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald was. Yeah, because yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald was in a building across the street. A book depository. The book depository. Yeah. And to this day, no one knows what a book depository is. Yeah, <laughs> where you deposit books. And shoot presidents, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, by the way, uh, at the at the hotel, uh, Bill, of course, orders room service, which in a vampire hotel involves sending someone up to the room to be drunk or and fucked. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, yeah. it seems like those things go hand in hand pretty often. So I guess that's the deal here, too. I feel like they should have had somebody else going up, too. Like, they should have a, a vampire handler that goes with all the room service so that the vampire doesn't get... Too crazy. I don't know. I mean, I think care. Yeah, I mean, like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be like really awkward having someone watch you eat a cheeseburger? I mean, I'd still eat that cheeseburger. <laughs> like if the waiter just like stood there by the the table and watched you eat the cheeseburger, just to make sure you didn't get go too hard on the cheeseburger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I don't know. Cheeseburgers are already dead. That's true. Uh, well, and 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 I guess Sookie's a little weird about it still, and I don't I don't entirely understand. Like, I understand that she would want Bill to like sleep with another person, but. Feeding on another person doesn't seem like a reason that she should be upset, right? Like, well, it seems very, um, you know, intimate, right? I guess it. I mean, I guess it's, it can be. But like, is if it you always... had a boyfriend that that had to periodically get intimate foot massages to survive, <clears throat> yeah. And if you couldn't give him a massage every hour of the day, he had to get, find somebody else to give him a massage. You might feel a little weird about somebody getting all close to your boyfriend, right? I mean, yeah, and okay. Yes and no. Like, if if he needed it to survive, probably not, right? Like, and and in Bill's case, it's like he's a vampire. It's like it says right on the box that he's going to need need to drink some blood. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. But there are this metaphor is getting better and better. Uh-huh. There are like artificial massages that they can buy, which just aren't as good as the the real massages. <laughs> and you'd probably want him to have the artificial massage because, like, Dennis. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's a fair point. But she does okay, right? She doesn't, you know, make a scene or anything. Yeah. She just sort of sits in the bathroom and. Like, hate poops or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is more or less exactly what happens. Yeah, uh, but but they make up for it with a little game of hide the hotel key, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Yes>, indeed. <laughs> they arrive at the fan- a super fancy house that's and, full of vampires. And Suki went to Bill's after that whole thing she did. She went to Bill's clothing store and got some nice clothes for free. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, after she after she jumped out of the car and went and got whipped by a maniac. Yeah, she's like, well, on the other hand, it is pretty cool to get free clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I thought, you know? I don't know. Um, Yeah, when they get there, though, she, uh, yet again, like, she's just on a roll. She, like, tears into the the local vampire king or whatever, right? She's like, he's, like, dressed like a geek. I was like, hey, well, hold on there. (laughs) It's like, you get a little close to home here. Thank you very much. Well, he's he's the king of Texas, and I guess that night he was dressed like an Austinite. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Hey. She, she described it and was like, I think I might dress like that sometime. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she also managed to catch a thought from him that his real name was, because he gives his name as Stanley Davis and his original name was Stanislaus Davidovitz or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's an immigrant, right? He's probably really old. But something occurred to me, was there vampirism in the Americas pre-contact? 
Because all the super old vampires we meet are European, right? Mm-hmm. So far. So far. Uh, I don't know. How old was Longshadow before they killed him? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's unclear. Question. Yeah. But is, is vampirism colonialism? I guess it could be kind of, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we don't know where the, what the origin... We, we don't know anything about the origins of vampirism in this, I suppose. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the cool of thing thing. about vampirism is that some of the vampires are super duper old. So they, they remember these ancient time periods that we only have you know written records to attest to. Uh, so were there any Native Americans? Were there any Aztec vampires? Right? That's a great question. I, we haven't encountered any yet, but maybe I don't mm. know. Yeah, we're still in a tiny little snapshot. I would be curious about like the the if the percentage of ethnicity in vampires matches like the United States one because American Indians only make up a very small percentage. Yeah. Of the U.S. population, but you, I have no idea. But you think that like. The, the older your vampire gets, their demographics would change to match the demographics that were, you know, around at the time sure, they were made. Sure. So if you have, like, you would think that, like, there, you had a bunch of, got all the thousand-year-old vampires together that are living in the Americas, that most of them would be Native American, because they were mostly Native Americans yeah. at that time. Assuming that the, the that vampirism originated, you know, spontaneously everywhere in the world. That, that's a, my question. Method yeah. of evolution or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wonder if it's kind of like J.K. Rowling, where she tried to just use, like, um, British mythology. So, like, vampires. Isn't that a European invention, the idea of the vampire? Or... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I don't know, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sookie is looking for Stan's vamp bro, Farrell, who's been missing for five nights. Apparently, he's a vampire cowboy. This is Dallas, after all. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and her first interrogatee uh, is apparently a stupid woman, according to Sookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bethany. Uh, yeah. Sookie sort of hypnotizes her. She leads her through the night Farrell disappeared. Yeah, that's a new thing, right? She's never done the hypnosis thing before, but that's what she does now. Yeah, it's interesting. So she can just kind of like push... It seems like she can push calming emotions through a little bit, maybe. Yeah. It's, it sounds like she uses a combination of her actual psychic abilities and... You know, just standard hypnosis techniques, relaxation, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it was interesting that she had picked up this new ability. Yeah, so she kind of leads her through that night when Bethany saw Farrell. And Bethany saw Farrell going into the restroom with a young blonde vampire who had a bunch of tattoos. And the human bouncer followed. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So we, so she gets a, a pretty solid lead there. A couple of pretty solid leads. She does, yeah. She also realizes that one of the people in Bethany's memory was the fake priest who had met her at the airport and tried to abduct her. Oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of uh, useful intel here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we pick up the name of the bouncer whose name is Rebar. Rebar. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess, and I, I suppose that's done without an ounce of irony. I imagine, like that's his <laughs> irony. Ah, that's good. Rebar. He works in a bar. I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good name for a bouncer, honestly. Yeah, Rebar. Yeah, Rebar. Do you think he was like born Rebar? Or do you think he changed the name to Rebar? I bet that he probably uh, ran away from his bouncer destiny for his whole life. <laughs> you know, he tried to make a life somewhere else, but they just couldn't as a Rebar, and then finally he gave up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like applying for a job at like a Fortune 500 company. They're like, Rebar. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's just, you know, it's a European name, my parent. I'm sorry, sir. We'll, we'll explore other options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah. But they interview Rebar, the human, and uh, Rebar's not doing real good. Yeah. Apparently, somebody removed the memory of Farrell from his brain, but they removed a whole lot of other stuff, too. And he's basically lobotomized. He sure seems happy, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's gonna be a great janitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the vampire's like, yeah, he can be the janitor. It's fine. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna see Rebar again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, he's probably great for vampires, right? His memory's not so good. He doesn't seem to like react to things, and he is happy to clean up whatever mess they put in front of him. I think he's the kind of they want to keep around, right? I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's tremendously useful. Yep. Uh, so after after Rebar, she questions a vamp who saw the tattoo guy, the tattooed vampire with a human. Mm-hmm. Bill gets on a computer and he IDs the vampire. His name is Godric. <laughs> what, did he go to Facebook? That's what I was... I was thinking that, the exact same thing. It's like, does Charlene Harris have like a limited understanding of what you can do with the computer? Or is Bill just like access to some vampire database? Yeah, right? Is there like a vampire forum? And he was like, hey, does anybody know a blonde, young-looking vampire with lots of tattoos? Yeah. And oh, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Godric. Man, that guy's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> He's a he's a he's a vampire. He's a self-hating vampire man. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, got it, bro. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. we may find out more about that later. Yeah. But anyway, Godric has allied himself with humans, and he plans to kill himself. He's betrayed vampires to the Fellowship of the Sun, which is a hate group against vampires. Yeah. Yeah. So, on the one hand, I'm disappointed because this guy's got Roman-style tattoos, and I want to see the Roman vampire, but he's going to be like a dumb vampire that wants to die and. Is not having fun anymore. Yeah. On the other hand, his name is Godric, which is not a Latin name, so I don't even know what's going on with this guy. I was wondering about that. Yeah, Godric is definitely not a Latin. Yeah. I mean, Roman names are pretty. I mean, pretty straightforward generally. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you can tell. You know who else was named Godric? Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor. Oh. We found it. Crossover. Yep, there it is. <laughs> it's Godric Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of crossovers, the Fellowship of the Sun. You know who they reminded me of. Fucking white cloaks, man. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Self-righteous religious crapheads. Yeah, just, extremists. I was like, I know I'm gonna love these guys who oh, hate non-humans. Although, you know, although uh-huh. they are kind of right about vampires, they are kind of you know <laughs> predators that eat humans and and like all the vampires we know kill people pretty uh, regularly. I mean, you know, Bill's trying to stop killing people, Jeff. I, yeah, he's trying. He could be. He could be trying harder. <laughs> I mean, since we've met him, he's killed, what, like three people? That's it? Yeah, which was the last like, month or something. Yeah. <laughs> this chapter made me realize this is how Bill got that job as the inspector, right? Because he has a pet psychic. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, absolutely, right? And like, this is... That's why when he started dating Sookie, he was like, oh, I gotta go. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go apply for a job. Like, his campaign poster was like a picture of Sookie and like, <laughs> little, like psychic waves coming out of her head. <laughs> yeah, it's like, vote Bill. Bill's got a psychic. <laughs> chapter five. Well, if Farrell went with Godric, there's a good chance he is already dead. Oh, we also learned something about something called, I don't think we've heard about this before, maybe we have and I don't remember, uh, rogue vampires, which apparently just hate mainstreaming and just want to eat people whenever they want, which I found kind of relatable, actually. Yeah, right? I'd, I'd probably be a rogue vampire. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 you could, if you're going to be a vampire, why, why, not, why not enjoy it? You know, live it up, right? Especially if you've been living that way for untold Generations, you know. Yeah, now you're gonna tell me that I have to go. I have to eat like cardboard instead of cheeseburgers. I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna have a cheeseburger. Thank you very much. Yeah, have to get along with a bunch of cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I would be. I don't think I would like to be one kind of vampire for my whole eternal existence. I think I'd probably spend like a hundred years being a normal vampire and a hundred years being like a psycho murder vampire and then a hundred years living on the moon or something. Yeah, I mean you can do that, right? If you have all those all that time on your hands, it's probably easy to like 
flopping around a little bit, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Dude, there should be vampire astronauts if there aren't already. Yeah, right? Do they, yeah. They don't have to breathe, right? No, they don't. And they can fly. Can they fly in space? I wonder. I mean, I guess the, anyone the, can fly in space. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how vampire flight works if it's, you know. But there is not a whole lot of blood in space and also not a whole lot of shade. Mm, that's a good point. Oh, the shade one. That's a good I bet point. But it'd be real easy to catch a sunbeam in space. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Besides that, though, like you don't have to worry about temperature. You don't have to worry about oxygen. You don't have to worry about food or wait, waste. Wait, how does dawn? So, I think we solved it. Space is full of vampires, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So is there no dawn or no night in space? How does that work? Because well, the concept of night and day is like wholly an Earth-based concept, right? It, it is. So if this, if their magical powers are tied specifically to dawn and dusk, then. Who knows what happens in space? Maybe oh, just, yeah, because they kind of, like, pass out. They maybe, become dead. Maybe they just pop, like, a little, like, <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do they fall asleep? Because I kind of thought they were, like, in their coffins playing Game Boy and stuff. No, no they, they, they yeah. die. Oh. Well, that's lame. Every, every time. So I thought that'd be, like, you know, you could just catch up on your reading all day in your coffin. Unfortunately not. I was wondering why they didn't just have, like, a basement that they lived in full of, like, cool, fun things. That'd be really cool. That's what I, I mean... That's what I'd love to do, right? Yeah. yeah like you said, a Game Boy in your coffin, man? Just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, going back. So. Yeah, so rogue vampires are one thing, but the renouncers are the other thing. Apparently, they just they just get tired of being an awesome vampire, which I find much less relatable than the rogue vampire situation. Yeah, and then they make this... They're still It's still vampiric, in my opinion, to make this big show of, of like having a ceremony or whatever and building up to your suicide instead of yeah. just doing it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I feel like if I, if you're, like you said, Jeff, if you're a vampire and you have like infinite life, if you're getting bored, go do something else, right? Like if you're a thousand years old and you you're like, man, I'm tired of being like the guy with the, oh, he's always got the tattoos. That's, that's right. the problem. Oh, that's rough. Bad decisions oh, with his tattoos. Yeah. Mm. He's like, I didn't realize I was going to have tattoos for a thousand years when I got these tattoos. <laughs> that's maybe, maybe that's what it is. That's right. But you, you can just use some makeup, right? Just do like a cover up. I mean, would tattoo removal work on vampires? No, no I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Because they regenerate. Oh, that'd you can't be even important. cut their hair, remember? Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be unfortunate if you got something that like was co-opted as a hate symbol later or something. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Stan is wondering how the Fellowship knew to meet Sookie's plane in the first place. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good question. And Sookie <laughs> discovers a very poorly hidden listening device. Well, she's got a good rationale, though. She's like, whoever came into this office to place this listening device must have been freaking scared out of their mind and did it as fast as possible. Yeah, so they just taped it to the underside of the coffee table. Yep. I guess they don't clean that under there very often because it sounds like it was pretty obvious, right? Well, I mean, do you have do vampires need a lot of cleaning up when they're not all murdery? They're not like shedding blood cells so, or skin cells, so you don't have dust. I don't know. I mean, I bet there's still a bit of dust and like people track stuff in and, you know, mm. yeah, but and they it, probably it, spill blood every now and then. In our experience, rooms that have vampires in them tend to have giant blood stains about one in five times. <laughs> That's a good Fair point. enough. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it feels like this is, this is a listening device that was destined to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, Luckily, they devised what I can only say is not a very good plan to dispose of it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, bring in a cup of water. Oh, I spilled my water. (laughs) (laughs) Got it, guys. Nailed it. Yeah, perfect. Meanwhile, the human who's hanging out with Isabel, some guy who's washing dishes. Hugo? Hugo. Yeah, he 
he suggests that he and Sookie go to the fellowship headquarters to try and find out about any ceremonies they're having. I see a few problems with this. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. This is not a very good plan. Also, I want to point out that they're going to have Sookie just, they're like, oh, they're going to recognize Sookie from the hotel. Put a wig on her. <laughs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a fake mustache. I don't know. <laughs> they bring in another vampire and this time it's Eric who's going by Leaf. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, I guess it's got a sense of humor there. Yeah, yeah. they don't realize who it actually is. And anyway, they question him about the bugging device. And he's like, I don't know, guys. I just showed up yesterday. Yeah, and it's still not real clear why Eric's there right now, right? No. I mean, like, probably just to, you know, creep on Sookie, I imagine. But Yeah, he's unclear. a creep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this yeah. chapter, he's a creep. Yeah. Still, I don't know if I'd travel to another state to creep on someone. That mm. seems like a lot of work. I mean, he can fly. True. That's true. Well, but yeah, but they don't fly state to state, right? Don't they take Anubis Air? I mean, it depends on when... I, that's a good question. I I wonder if there's... I mean, there's probably a variance in how fast and far they can fly. And I wonder if they maybe he did it just because he's bringing Sookie along. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, at this point, Sookie's like, this is getting too complicated. Uh, let's do it. You know, let's go home. Yep. yep. They go back to the hotel and they're getting hot and heavy and Eric interrupts. Yeah. Three inches into a game of find the hotel key. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Eric knocks on the door. And mm. uh, I guess he must have really hauled it from that vampire nest. Because he, he was there. Yeah, right. And they left before him. And th- he comes in and they're like, oh, what do you need? And he's like, were you in the middle of getting busy? And they're like, yeah, we were. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so can I? And they're like, no. <laughs> no, you can't. Bill's like, like eh? And so he's like, no. <laughs> not, not in for it. Yeah. Uh, next morning. Yeah. She puts on a disguise to go f- visit the fellowship. And she's watching the news. And Bethany, the woman Sookie had interviewed the day before, is dead. Yeah, that was fast. Probably just a coincidence, right? Oh, surely. <laughs> she had a tragic suicide by tornado or something. <laughs> <laughs> suicide by being pushed down the stairs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a bullet. She fell on a bullet. It was a tragic suicide. Yeah. Uh, I, I also want to point out that Suki orders both breakfast and a costume from room service. <laughs> it's a full service hotel. Yeah. I mean, I've never tried ordering a clothing from the front desk before, but I feel like it probably wouldn't work. Did you order a wig? Do you think that a hotel could get you a wig? I, they got probably. her. They got her multiple outfits, right? I guess yeah. they could. I mean... They did not get her a denim skirt, which she specifically asked for. Well, she didn't give him much time. Yeah, no tip is what I'm saying. (laughs) You can get all kinds of stuff at fancy hotels from the front desk. Really? Yeah. Like what? Well, I was there this weekend and I was like, hey, do you guys have tampons? And they were like setting them right up. So Okay, that's different though. That's like a necessity. Yeah, like, that, yeah, like, like a height. Lots of people yeah. need those. Yeah, like yeah. like you can get a toothbrush usually or like, you know, a little bit of toothpaste from the front desk for sure. So what I imagine like, tampons. What if I ordered like a watermelon? Can you give me a watermelon? Uh, pr- actually, probably, probably yeah. yeah. If they have if they have a restaurant, they probably have fruit mm-hmm. but yeah they probably don't have like a clothing store i actually maybe they just grab stuff out of the lost and found <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point See we got there <laughs> you need a charger <laughs> yeah you, you know a vampire hotel probably has a lot of extra clothes lying around oh yeah i bet there's a lot of lost stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't like, know this oh, person weird, never checked out there's a weird weird stay on this it'll be fine <laughs> that's probably exactly what happened uh-huh. these are these are these are dead clothes. Yeah, because how hard would it be to find a denim skirt? Like that's in Dallas. Yeah, right. I It'd mean... be hard to find a skirt that's not denim. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just yeah. rifling through the lost and found. We got it. Yep, yep. 
she meets with Hugo, Hugo Ayers, to go to the fellowship. And oh, also, sorry, I also want to point out that she's in the lobby and she's commenting that there are guns everywhere in the hotel lobby. And I was like, Texas, this is Texas. your first time in yeah, Texas. Right? Yeah. You've never been here before, huh? <laughs> she's yeah. like, oh, some kind of vampire hotel thing. Oh, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> the decorative shotguns. Yep. She meets Hugo Ayers to go to the fellowship, and it turns out he's a lawyer who represented Stan in court. Yeah, this is a really awkward conversation, I it feel like. It is, you know, isn't with, it? With her and Hugo, I was like, I'm not feeling confident about our friend Hugo here at all. Yeah, no. he, he's either, either he has a very sad life or he's been lobotomized. It's difficult to say, yeah. yeah. But he's a lawyer who also is doing dishes at the vampire house. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's not good. No, no, that's not a great sign. It's weird. They decide on the cover story that they've just started dating each other. Mm-hmm. And she's a, <laughs> he's like, my cover story is I'm a lawyer. And she's like, my host, my cover story is I'm a restaurant manager. And they're like, this is not that, not that good of a yeah, cover his, story. His cover story is that he's a lawyer named Hugo Ayers. <laughs> and if they ask if he's the same guy that was in the newspaper for that vampire related case, he's going to say, yes. <laughs> that, that's me. That's his cover story. <laughs> <laughs> I know that 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 was pretty amazing. <laughs> She's like, uh, so he's like, yeah, yeah, you you did that and then you wanted to reform. And he's like, yeah, that's my cover story. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're just putting it right out there, huh? Wow. Yeah, well, he does say he's not very good at this, and he was not selling himself short. No, that's true. At least he's honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, they call it a church, but you know, church in quotation marks, is bad news. They have given vampires directly over to drainers. Yeah. I, I gotta say that this place is, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Churches in general can be a little creepy, right? <laughs> and this church is no exception. Uh, creepy in a, it's kind of like a Stepford Wives kind of way where everyone's just like smiling all the time and everyone's like, yeah, we murder vampires. Big grin. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I was definitely thinking of some of those mega churches, which I think is a real South thing too. These just oh, absolutely yeah. massive churches that have like movie theaters in them and televised shows and all kinds of craziness. Totally. Yeah, and it, clearly like a, a, a big business that is, that is run for profit, but not really because it's a church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, they, they mentioned that, uh, the, the head dude, uh, what's his name? Steve Newland. Steve Newland drives a very nice car. Yeah. A, va- a nice enough car to belong to a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like the, the way these guys were written. They were, they were very creepy, like, mm-hmm. you know, like real God botherers, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Joel Austin, excuse me, Steve Newland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and and uh, for for their part, Sookie and uh, Hugo are immediately shepherded to the big boss, and all I could think was like, "Get the fuck out! Get the yeah. fuck out! This oh, is not I good! Know. This is not good! Abort! <laughs> yeah. Abort!" Yeah, they don't say that. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> but but no, she tries to write it out and. Uh, the, the Newlands, to me, were just getting creepier and creepier. And she's just like, no, let's play this out. Yeah. yeah. He starts going off on a whole tangent about just a hate-filled thing about how much he hates vampires and how creepy they are. Yeah, it's and, there was... and she like tries to stop him and change the subject. And he just keeps talking about <laughs> how much he hates vampires and how vampires are all going to go to hell. And... Right. Uh-huh. And she like, reads his mind. And she's like, he's thinking about like how much he hates vampires. <laughs> yeah. He's super, super intense. And there's another woman in there, too. And while he's saying it she says Polly looked as if she were having some really grim kind of orgasm <laughs> I don't know what a grim orgasm looks like but now I want to <laughs> guess what I'm googling when I get home God, these books are so funny yeah I love it yeah <laughs> but yeah the you know before they can make it out it's dungeon time 
Yeah. Well, they question they question Sarah, Steve's wife, and they're having a lock-in that night, and yeah. then there's going to be a service at dawn, so... I mean, I think there we know where that's going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that's a real American thing, and maybe even a real Southern thing, this idea of church lock-ins. Oh, definitely, Where yeah. it's usually with kids, though, I think, like yeah. teenagers, they're literally locked inside of a building overnight, and they watch movies and do, like, fun slumber party thinking- stuff, but you can't get out. They try to leave, but it seems like Steve and the others are totally onto them, and they are trapped. Yep. Mm-hmm. They lead them to a door that is definitely to a dungeon. Yes. Because what church doesn't have a dungeon? That's normal. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, on the way, they run into one oh, woman yeah. who is a shifter, Yeah. so hopefully that'll be helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I got the impression that that woman was not uh, interested in helping them, yeah, but I don't he, know. It's like he tries to give her the, the help me eyes. Uh, but that woman probably has seen a whole lot of those in this yeah. <laughs> church. I imagine this is not her first uh, rodeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hugo is... Phrase. And since she's a shapeshifter, it probably is not her first rodeo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. In Dallas, all the shifters have to turn into cattle. I know. <laughs> it's the only way to make it by, really. <laughs> so, Suki really let me down here, because this is definitely punch him in the face and run territory, right? Oh, yeah, right? Like, well before you get to the creepy doorway down into the dungeon. Yeah. She didn't bring her fighting chain with her. That's, that's, <laughs> right. that's the problem is that Suki does not travel with that chain nearly enough. Because Marigold Mackhouse wouldn't have a fighting chain with her. <laughs> Marigold Mac House. <laughs> she even has her purse with her. She could have, this is her handbag. She could have had her chain in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's breaking two rules. The first rule is you don't go to a second location and I'm yeah. going to count the dungeon as a second location. <laughs> Definitely. And the other thing is you get as loud and obnoxious as you can because there's a lot of people around and who knows? Like yeah. the worst thing that will happen is like they'll all be in on it the best that happens is they'll have the steve will have to let them go yeah i mean it's it's unclear what's going on exactly but you know it's it seems like there are lots of opportunities for her to be a little bit more aggressive and escape but nope out of there real fast yeah Mm -hmm. but she didn't she didn't didn't capture that nope all right we have a question from one of our faithful and most beloved listeners mason who wanted to know if anybody, if you could meet anybody in history and they'd be a vampire, who would it be? Hmm. Okay, wait, so, so like... So they, they didn't actually die, they became a vampire. Yeah, I think, uh-huh. that's, I think that's what he meant. Okay, interesting. That, I, I, I mean, I think it'd be fun to have somebody from like a long time ago in a weird place or something, right? Yeah, and I assume that this person will have learned English in the intervening time. Hopefully. I, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. Historic figures... I'm reading Grant's biography right now, his autobiography, mm-hmm. and it's full of interesting characters. Like Grant, like Sherman would be a great one to meet. That just doesn't feel like I'm reaching far enough back into history. No, no, right? Uh, I feel like I'd want to go like, like a. I mean, if we're going like ancient Rome, like a meet a Caesar would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or, or or maybe like meet Genghis Khan or something. I mean, I don't know if Ooh. I'd want to meet him because I think he'd probably kill me. But you know, I mean, like he'd still be pretty cool to meet him. Maybe chat with him. Maybe Claudius. Yeah? The emperor. He seemed like a really interesting guy. Mm. Uh, Alexander the Great would be, be pretty interesting. I bet he had a really interesting upbringing. I, bet he, I mean, I feel like all those famous conquerors would just be total douchebags, you know? I mean, that's fair. That's a good point. I think their experience would be a little limited, too, because like back then you didn't know anything, so... They traveled a lot, though, you know? That's true. And they, yeah. they had interesting thoughts. But yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Who else? I mean, I think the most interesting person I know of is um, Christopher Lee. Oh, And didn't he play a vampire at one point? Uh, Many times, yeah. Well, there you go. Christopher Lee vampire. Christopher Lee vampire. Mm. 
Is he dead though? Yeah, he passed away a little while ago. Oh, okay. But he did have an incredibly interesting life. No, I'd go with Jane Austen. Mm, mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Jane Austen the vampire. Yeah. I think a Jane Austen vampire would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Because she was all proper. But also, she died when she was 40. She had a lot more books she could have written. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with uh, Emperor Claudius. Yeah. Because mm. he's... Well, first of all, he wrote uh, a history of the Etruscans, which was completely lost. So uh, nobody knows as much as he did about them. Cool. So that would be very interesting to ask him about that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, the way he became the emperor, what he thinks about what happened after he what stopped being emperor, yeah. the way that most people stop being emperors. <laughs> Except he turned into a vampire. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in this continuity. Yeah. And uh, like his, his family life, the way, what it was like growing up and becoming the emperor late in life after you know, basically everybody else died. Um, did his grandmother actually poison everybody in his family? Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be a good chat. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the questions and keep them coming. You can always get in touch with us at hello at armadillo.club. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Next time we're going to be reading chapters six through eight of Living Dead in Dallas, the second book in Charlene Harris's Sookie Stackhouse series. I am Alice Sullivan and I never actually check Twitter, but if you want to visit me, you can see me on uh, Instagram at Blue Bonnet Cafe. I am Jeff Lake. That's <laughs> Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, like I said, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And we love answering your questions. Please share this with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews, especially on iTunes. And thank you so much to those of you who already have given us reviews. We love reading them, even when they're talking about us farting in boxes. Hey, I thought that was great. That's why I, I saved that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hang that on my refrigerator. I said that one to my mom. <laughs> um, please check out our other podcasts. We have Muggles with Attitude, which was the Harry Potter series. And we're still working on The Dragon Reread, which follows Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time books. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good, good night. night. So good. Good.